0: Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a new study that busts the myth of a self-centered only child, why feeding birds in the park may be more destructive than you think, and why everyone draws a coffee cup the same way.
0: If you've got some paper and something to write with nearby, then you can play along with our last story. Just draw a coffee cup right now. Don't worry, it doesn't have to be perfect. You've got about six or seven minutes, so get started. And while you're doing that, let's satisfy some curiosity. For some reason, personality stereotypes based on sibling order have an irresistible appeal. Like sometimes you'll hear older siblings say that the younger ones are spoiled, or you'll hear from people any of a number of things about being the middle child. And perhaps one of the biggest stereotypes is about the only child, a stereotype that usually says they're selfish, narcissistic, and spoiled. And yet... The results of a new study may finally bring an end to this unfair idea. The new research was made up of two parts. First, the authors of the study had people take a questionnaire online to confirm that the stereotype was in fact common. And the questions were designed to measure two aspects of narcissism. Narcissistic admiration is basically the desire to be the center of attention and have everyone adore you. And narcissistic rivalry is the tendency to compete and put others down to get attention. More than 550 participants answered the questions, and the results confirmed the idea that people believe the stereotype that only children are more narcissistic. And get this, a person was just as likely to believe in that stereotype even if that person was an only child. So then the researchers looked at data from a large longitudinal study of German households, which included data on participants' levels of narcissism. And they found no correlation between only child status and those two elements of narcissism I mentioned earlier. So this leads to the obvious question. If this stereotype isn't real, then why do some previous studies claim that it is? Well, prior research used small, unrepresentative samples that didn't control for factors known to be associated with higher rates of narcissism—factors like socioeconomic status, younger ages, male gender, and residents in urban areas. The new study also focused on aspects of grandiose narcissism and excluded other types which could have skewed the results in previous studies. Of course, all participants were in Germany, so the results might be different in other cultures— But this is part of a growing body of research that debunks the notion that the number of siblings you have or your birth order determines your personality. And all this matters because, like all stereotypes, assumptions about people based on their background could result in discrimination and unequal treatment. Good enough reason to debunk it.
1: Feeding birds in the park seems like an innocent pastime. Right up there with tossing pennies in a fountain or petting other people's dogs. But feeding the birds might be more destructive than you think. According to scientists, overfeeding birds in parks and other public spaces may be linked with a rise in a deformity called angel wing. So angel wing is also known as slipped wing, and it's a physical problem where a bird's wings droop and twist outward. It's most common among waterfowl, especially geese and swans, and it really does make them look a bit like angels. Unfortunately, it also makes them unable to fly, And unless it's treated promptly with splints and physical therapy, it's permanent. That can be deadly. Birds who can't fly can't escape predators and bad weather. They also can't escape oncoming cars. The factors that cause angel wing are a bit fuzzy. So far, though, experts agree that angel wing stems from abnormally fast growth when birds are young, usually between 7 and 28 days old. One cause of this type of growth is overfeeding, especially of protein and carbohydrate-rich food like breadcrumbs. Even a couple days of overfeeding can trigger angel wing. Of course, other factors play a role too. Some research suggests that the disease has a genetic component. Unhealthy incubation and hatching conditions could also play a role, as could polluted habitats. Still, it's hard to control how a bird at the park was incubated, and it's easy to control whether you feed it. So take this as your permission to stop feeding birds. Even when feeding doesn't cause angel wing, it can cause overcrowding of bird habitats and make birds excessively dependent on human food. But if you really want to feed birds, you can. Just find a place where that's explicitly permitted. And imagine that they're on the Atkins diet. That means avoid feeding them processed carbohydrates like white bread, popcorn, and crackers. And instead, try feeding them halved seedless grapes, shredded kale, and whole grains. Snacks they could, at least in theory, stumble upon in a human-free world. Or in Ashley's refrigerator.
0: Are you part bird?
1: (laughs) I mean, that does sound super delicious.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning? Did you have a hard time finding that just-right sleeping position? Were you lying awake into the wee hours of the morning because you were having nightmares about overfeeding birds?
1: Well, we probably can't help you with the thing about the birds. But if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. So it feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time.
0: The Purple Mattress keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It's not like the memory foam you're probably used to. And when you order, you'll get a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund.
1: It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. So trust us, you're going to love purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a
0: mattress. That's on top of all the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text curious to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text curious to 84888.
1: That's C U R I O U S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply.
0: Okay, remember at the start of this episode when I asked you to draw a coffee cup? All right, well, even if you didn't have a chance to, you can just imagine yourself drawing one. Picture a sketch of a coffee cup in your head. I bet your sketch shows a cup drawn from slightly above with a thin, flattened oval on top to suggest a round cavity. Does that sound about right? No, I'm not a mind reader. It's just that, well, everyone draws a coffee cup the same way. And the reason why is super cool. It's thanks to a phenomenon known as the canonical perspective, which is our preferred way of viewing things. You're probably using this angle in selfies without even realizing it. And researchers have some theories on why we always choose this angle. The canonical perspective was studied by researchers in 1981, and they found that humans have a magic viewing angle that goes like this. It's a view from slightly above and at an approximately 45 degree angle from the front of the object. This goes for most things. So even though you would probably see a dog mostly from directly above, you would choose the canonical perspective if you were to draw one. Experts think the reason for this preference is due to the idea of maximizing the amount of information. The canonical perspective is the one where you see the greatest number of surface features. In the case of the cup, you see the side, the inside, the lip, and the handle from this viewpoint. Basically, this angle gives us the most visual information about any given thing, so we can identify it and better understand it. This is important when you think about things like computer icons, for example. These pop up in the canonical perspective. Think about the trash can or the recycle bin on your desktop. Looks pretty similar to that coffee cup drawing, right? And that's because they need to convey a lot of information quickly and a tiny amount of space. Even if the angle is not how we experience most things we come into contact with, our brains sure like it.
1: I'm looking at my computer icons right now. There's an Earth, and it's being viewed from a 45-degree angle above.
0: But Earth is round.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, from a 45-degree angle above the equator. Oh. But you're right. That is weird because it's round and you can kind of see the same (laughs) amount of information no matter what angle you look at it from. Yeah. Let's wrap up by talking about why we were so excited about today's episode. Well, number one, if you're an only child, be happy. Because those stereotypes about you being self-centered and selfish are totally not true, necessarily. I don't know you. (laughs) No, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast is
0: a super great person. Of course. And I have one more reason not to feed birds in the park. Although I'm not going to lie, I haven't bought bread in like a decade. Man,
1: I wonder if like the low carb craze is cutting the incidence of angel wing.
0: Ooh, silver lining.
1: And that everybody seems to draw objects from the same angle which I think is really cool because it's a smart angle to draw them from.
0: I think I'm especially hardwired for this because I grew up playing games like Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger and a lot of those classic role-playing games on Super Nintendo, especially, used that 45-degree angle. And hey, listener, if you did draw a picture of a coffee cup, tweet it at us and we'll share it. Yeah! Oh, I want to see your coffee cups. You can tweet at curiosity.com, all spelled out. We would love to show those off, even if you don't think they're really fantastic.
1: We'll think they're fantastic.
0: Today's stories were written by Linda Lombardi, May Rice, and Joni Folletto, and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com.
1: Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.
0: On the Westwood One Podcast
1: Network...